Welcome to the MEFG Global Markets Podcast with Esteban Komen, Head of Emerging Markets Research EMEA. It's Friday, 4th August 2023, and in this week's podcast, Esteban discusses ESG perspectives on the global energy outlook. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only, and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Okay. Hi, Esan. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, so, Esan, we've discussed the current state of affairs in global energy markets and how the role of ESG is set to shape its contours. Can you offer our listeners your perspectives? Thank you. So, yes. So, perhaps kicking off, let me offer our top of mind of how we are seeing the global energy markets at the current juncture from a longer-term perspective. And then I'll try and anchor the conversation surrounding how we see the role of ESG playing into this. So, beyond the near-term cyclical drivers that are facing global energy markets today, from recessionary angst, from the war in Ukraine, from high interest rates and still elevated inflationary levels, the structural challenges facing global energy markets that for us predate the war in Ukraine and predate the pandemic have called into question the value of ESG considerations and that they are forcing policymakers to reconsider the rank of importance in the energy trilemma pillars, that is addressing sustainability and climate change, bolstering energy security and resilience, and creating a just and affordable system. Now at this, the heart of the energy trilemma for us is inadequate production capacity in the old carbon economy, which represents still 77% of overall primary energy supply today. And we view that this old carbon economy still needs investment until the green transition is complete. Otherwise, the global economy does risk hitting capacity constraints on growth. Now, encouragingly, investments in green energy have grown, but for us, the green new economy revolution is still too nascent for green capex alone to drive global growth without carbon intensive investment. And just to put this into perspective, over the last decade, the $3.8 trillion spent on renewable energy globally has reduced fossil fuels share of primary supply by just 3% from 80% to 77%. So just to put this differently, the old carbon economy still needs investment until the green transition is complete in our view. Otherwise, the global economy does risk hitting capacity constraints on growth. Now, this call for capital is not new. It occurred in the 1970s, it occurred in the 2000s, and now again in the, in the 2020s. Yet, for this cycle is likely to be far more disorderly and prolonged as, G, as ESG investing does fairly influence capital flows needed to stimulate the next round of investment. And long-run inadequate production capacity supply issues does take years to resolve. And thus, we are convicted that the global economy will be dealing with an underinvested, decades-long super cycle, defined as a capex cycle in which the physical constraints on growth does create physical pricing pressures, with price overshoots being the new normal. Indeed, for us, the structural forces of deglobalization, decarbonization, the structural rise in demand induced by government policies around distribution, and a near decade of underinvestments in carbon-intensive capex, with supply scarcity really inadequate to meet today's policy-induced demand, which are all principles of our supercycle commodities thesis, is set to move 
top of mind as soon as the current macro headwinds are in the rearview mirror. More amply, our conviction remains that whilst not transpiring in a linear fashion, and rather in a sequence of price spikes, the supply-constrained commodities supercycle will be a decade long. That is, three years to generate track record, three years of spending to generate cost inflation, and around three to four years of investment to generate supply. Now, this capex is, of course, top of mind, and whether we'll see a new capex cycle begin to transpire will ultimately determine whether the energy trilemma dovetails in our view. And so we require capital and only better ret relative returns will attract capital as history has proven. Now with the drop in the valuation of the new economy, that is your tech and renewable entities, and still elevated energy prices today, we believe we are getting closer to this rotation of capital. Now importantly here, the three year moving average of the sharp ratios of energies uh, in general have surpassed the MSCI World Equity Index. And history suggests that when these two cross, capital begins to flow. And normally, it begins with a rotation away from the growth in the new economy, technology entities, towards growth profits from old economy, energy entities. And for us, this three-year track record is very important as to see persistent capex. Management of these firms must be rewarded for expansion plans by investors. Put simply, if the stock offers higher returns than a project, it will favor buybacks over capex. Thanks, Ehsan. So how do entities and markets square this energy trilemma to ensure resiliency today, but value tomorrow? So this is a great question. And the pressure to demonstrate authentic progress on and create genuine, genuine value for sustainability, of course, is growing. Yet the world has entered an era that is challenging to navigate. And where we see there is a new strategic paradigm, one with certainty of where the world needs to be in the long term and significant volatility in the journey of how and when it will get there. So we would flag four approaches in squaring the energy trilemma around resiliency today to tap value creation tomorrow. tomorrow. First, accelerating capital deployment where earlier cycle investments have higher risks, but also higher returns as they benefit from early policy funding, especially now that we are living in a Goldilocks era of green regulation with the US Inflation Reduction Act, and of course the EU Net Zero Industry Act. Second, we believe the need to create sustainable value creation is absolutely critical. Uh, that is, approaches to ESG topics should be proactive by focusing on resilience, not simply as part of risk mitigation. Third, partnerships are very key as navigating the trilemma while driving net zero is simply too great to go it alone. And PPPs and partnering with peers is vital from our view. And fourth would be reskilling the workforce. Indeed, the need to identify skills needed for more sustainable business models and working towards acquiring them is paramount in solving the energy trilemma. Now, I just want to end on the importance of COP28 considerations that will happen in November this year in offering entities and markets on the whole. Visibility of how to navigate this energy trilemma from the lens of ESG. So far, preparatory talks, which took place in June in Bonn, Germany, were mostly technical and do not allow us to foresee what would be achieved in Dubai in November come COP28. Now, the outcomes of this COP will be very important to monitor, both in terms of whether or not the level of ambition of the Paris Agreement back in 2015 will be maintained, as well as in terms of concrete roadmaps, notably on climate finance. But ultimately, what is clear for us 
is that ESG will continue to reframe markets and will increasingly become critical in solving the energy trilemmas. Ultimately, we are of the conviction that ESG isn't today and it isn't tomorrow. It is a process, not an outcome, and its underlying impulse is certainly here to stay. Perfect. Thank you, Hassan. I look forward to speaking to you again next time. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets research team.